0: Good morning and welcome to All Things Jessamine. Glad to have you here on this Saturday morning as we once again reminisce about some things and people and places that used to be in Jessamine County. With me on the phone today is a fellow who grew up here in this county and his family was here for several years. And he now lives in Wisconsin, one of the warmer places in the United States, I'm sure. And we say that jokingly, of course. His name is Jeff Easily. Good morning, Jeff. Hi, Doug. How are you? We're doing great. How is it up in Wisconsin in this time of year?
1: Well, it sounds like it's probably better than it is down there. We have had a little bit of snow, but we had a warm December, and uh, we were kind of bypassed by the big storm that you guys had. Yeah. We're doing pretty well up here.
0: Good. Well, I appreciate you you joining us, because there's a lot of history associated with Jessman County with your family, and as you know, we do this program, and we talk about things the way it kind of used. Used to be so. Why don't we start, if you know, by telling us about the Easley family? and that, your dad, Roger, your mother, Wilma, maybe how they were they, Jessamine County natives. How did they end up here? How did the Easleys come to be in Jessamine County?
1: Oh uh, well, I think my dad was pretty much a Nicholasville native. I think my mom was from Highbridge, mm-hmm. and. Um I think that they met via my uncle, Forrest Frog, I guess my, he and my dad were in the service together, mm-hmm. and uh, my uncle Forrest married my Aunt Marie and subsequently introduced my dad to my mom, Wilma.
0: So they met through that connection because your, your dad and Forrest were in the service. Now, you said he lived here all of his life, is that correct? I believe so. And your mother was down from around the high bridge area. So we have some Jessamine County natives once again that we are talking about. Now, when did they get married?
1: We'll start with that. Uh well it was well I was born in fifty four, so it was sometimes before okay. that. So now early fifties, I guess. Are you the oldest child? Uh yes. And tell us about your siblings. Uh, I have a younger brother, well two years younger, John Mark Easley. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, we grew up there together, and he's uh, currently living in Lancaster, I believe. So he's relatively close. Um, well, he is to you. I'm in- <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, to me, that's right. what What did he do with his life while we have on his subject of him?
1: Well, he uh, went into uh, uh, small engine repair, and I will say that he is recently he was uh, became one of the, like, one of only eight or nine technicians in the country who have uh, attained the status in that level that he has. So that's uh, quite a quite an accomplishment. Well, sure. Now, you, on the other hand,
0: went more in a whole different direction, and that is the direction of art. And we're going to talk about that in a little bit, but before we do, let's give a little more background on your mom and dad. I best remember your dad. I knew both of them, and I remember people talking about he was the postmaster here in Jessamine County. But, but tell us more about your mom and dad and their occupations and kind of what they did in their lives.
1: Well, my dad was postmaster as far back as I can remember. I mean, I can recall even back when he worked at the old post office down on the corner there with, uh, below the Withers Jessamine Libraries. I can remember when they actually built and moved into the, uh, the newer post office, which I guess is not the post office anymore, as near as I could recall right yeah he uh he worked there pretty much until I was through high school or up until high school, and then he retired and worked for a short time at Duncan's Men's downtown.
0: Now, for those people that may be listening that are somewhat new, the old post office that you're talking about is located at the corner of Maine and West Oak. That would be where Central Bank is currently. First National Bank was there before that. And then the Duncan's menswear you're talking about would be right next door to where we're located at the radio station. It's now a law office, right across from the courthouse. Now, I don't think I knew he worked for Bobby J. at the menswear store.
1: Well, just for a short time. I might have even been more part-time. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. He liked to be active, and he enjoyed walking down there. He never did drive a car, so he always walked down to work where, wherever he went. So. Hmm. So Roger never drove. No, he never did. Not as not. Uh, I think he did not when he was in the Marines a little bit. What about your mother? Did she? Yeah. Well, she, we didn't have a car until I was about six years old, and my, I can remember my mom learning to drive. My grandfather lived right across the street, and I remember her learning to drive over in his yard, mainly so they could, she wanted to be able to drive us to school if she had to. Right. We got a big old green station wagon and that, that was our first car.
0: What did your mom, did she have an occupation here? Or, and I don't want to say just a housewife because that is one of the hardest occupations ever, but did she work outside the home?
1: Uh, not when I was younger. Uh, when I was up and through high school, I think she took a job as managing some apartment complexes, I think. But up until then i think it, before i was born i think she was a, like a secretary at the progress recc perhaps
0: yeah upon nicholasville road now you mentioned early in the broadcast that your mom and dad were introduced by a fellow named Forrest frog who i also had the pleasure of knowing uh, and a lot of people may remember him but they also would remember your aunt marie she worked at the farmer's bank for a long time
1: yeah she was there as long as uh, as long as i knew her i think she uh, advanced up I think to the point she was a president or some some high executive in the the bank there yeah she was there forever <laughs>
0: And you know the thing I remember most about Maria, a very nice lady. And when I say this, I'm not saying this to disparage anybody else, but she was always dressed to the nines, just very, very classy looking and acting lady. All of her, all the time I knew her.
1: Yes, she was. Yes, yeah, she. Uh, she and my mom were both uh, nice looking ladies.
0: Yeah. Now you came along. You said 1950. What? 54. 54. And at some point in your life, you went through the Nicholasville school system here. At some point in your life. When did it hit you that you, man, I really like to draw? Now, I've seen a picture of you, and you know this, on our Facebook page, and you, you and your dad standing there, and it's a picture of a clown that you drew. And you were pretty young in that picture. What brought that about, the artwork?
1: Well, for whatever reason, I always enjoyed, well, I think all kids enjoy drawing when they're four or five years old, but I was lucky enough that I had a certain amount of ability and encouragement, you know, from my parents and friends and so forth to right. a positive reinforcement. And I guess you'd call it to uh, continue. Yeah, I, I just always did that sort of thing and uh, continued on. And most kids, you know, kind of lose interest or whatever. And but uh, I had enough encouragement that I was continued to do so.
0: Now, did you know, Jeff, at some point in your life, whether it be in high school or afterwards, that this is what I want to do with my life? This is it.
1: Well, I think growing up, that was probably my only, uh, my only standout ability. So I figured if I was going to do anything, that's <laughs> Yeah, I kind of, as uh, I kind of pinballed my way through high school and so forth, and it came down to college time, there was. Probably either art or nothing, so I was. Uh, there was really no question as to what I would go into if I went to college. So, which was fine. I mean, I enjoyed it. So, sure. Where did you go to college? I ended up going to Murray State University in Kentucky. Yeah. Uh, they supposedly had like a really good art school at the time, so I went to a like a high school honors workshop the year after I graduated high school and uh, got a small scholarship there. And so yeah, I went there. And it was uh, certainly a. Wonderful experience.
0: Now, take us down the road of how you progressed into where you where you got, and, and and before you do that, to so that people will understand kind of what realm you're in. And you knew my dad. Dad was a certain type of artwork. He did pen and ink and a lot of watercolor and a lot of buildings around our community and wildlife, things like that. But you kind of went a whole different direction. In fact, uh, in the past, and I don't mind telling you this, there's been people in this community, when I have described you to them, my description is is if you know anything about the Dungeon and Dragons fantasy artwork, Jeff is kind of the godfather of that. Now, there's a reason I say that. Tell us how you got from Murray to, to into that line of work and how you hooked up doing that kind of thing.
1: Well, I was always interested in fantasy art or you know, fantasy-type things since I was a young kid. You know, my old little sketchbooks from when I was five or six years old had... You know, ghosts and monsters and that sort of thing in there and I, I love the old uh, some of your, your listeners may remember the old Terror in the Night show on Channel 27 mm-hmm. which I really love to listen to so uh, as I progressed through college I kind of was grasping for a direction and about halfway through I kind of rekindled my interest in the in the fantasy art type thing and started moving that direction with the intention of possibly doing paperbacks you know like uh fantasy science fiction paperback mm-hmm. and uh, I had I was pretty much unfamiliar with Dungeons and Dragons I'd heard of it but a mutual friend of mine went to work with a fellow who uh, his name was Larry Elmore who got a job at TSR and I knew Larry just well enough to give him a call just to see what the prospects were and he says well yeah they're growing by leaps and bounds this is in 1982 mm-hmm. so uh, yeah they're looking for other people so I would encourage you to you know you know, drop some uh, samples on them and see what happens, which I did, and that's, was subsequently hired and ended up working there for twenty some odd years.
0: Wow! Did did they have a lot of different artists at that company?
1: Well, at the time I uh, got there, there was maybe four or five, four or five guys there. Yeah. And I was, I think, I was the longest remaining artist there. I was, like I say, I was there for twenty years. Yeah. I saw a number of people kind of come and go. People would come in and work there for a while, and then kind of go on to greener pastures or whatever, so uh, yeah, I saw a lot of people come and go, but uh, there was normally maybe, you know, six, seven, eight people there at the most.
0: Now, that became huge. The Dungeon and Dragons back then, of course, I guess, did it start out as a did it start out as a book and become a card game? Do you know how that, how did that work?
1: Well, it was invented by a fellow here in Lake Geneva, a uh, name of Gary Gygax. He was a, a gamer, like a war gamer and so forth, and he and a friend of his kind of reinvented the, the uh, whole war game genre and incorporated fantasy into it. Mm-hmm and wrote the wrote their original rules and so forth so he decided to publish this game and they literally boxed and published and sold the first Dungeons and dragons games sat at his not the kitchen table of his in his house you wow. know and there's like a lot of stories uh small companies growing up by leaps and bounds i mean uh, they just uh, grew exponentially there for a few years but then they kind of uh things tend to go they kind of uh at a peak and had some financial difficulties and so forth, and sold off to a larger company. But uh, yeah, there for a while they were really growing.
0: Now, was it always the game? Did it go into other things, or was it just the game, the card game? I guess.
1: Uh, well, it's uh, it started out of the game, and there was a lot of game, a lot of offshoots of the game. They put out and they put out board games, and they eventually did uh, like paperback novels. With, which were related to the game yes. and so forth and, uh, and a number of other peripheral businesses they did like had like a crochet business like a, a, a Rogue Hook kind of thing mm-hmm. for a while and uh, just other businesses they bought and got into and bought other ge- smaller game companies and so forth but the uh, you know the game the, the, the role playing game was their bread and butter right
0: Well, having explained what that's all about, and the reason I ask you about the number of artists, is there any particular way that one could look at any of these drawings that have to do with that and know it's yours?
1: Well, probably the easiest way to look at my work would just be to Google my name, and uh, I'm sure you know, there's a lot of different you know, galleries and so forth available on the Internet, and I usually sign things, so if you really want to study it, you could probably find my but name. I,
0: but I guess what I mean is, if we, if we went and got one of the old Dungeon & Dragon card sets or books, would we know by looking at it that it was Jeff Easley, or is it that identified on those things?
1: Uh, well, usually the artist is identified on the inside cover. We're, okay. You know, cover credit.
0: Yeah. So, so if anybody's got one of those, where I'm going with this, anybody got one of those at their houses, you potentially could look at those books and find out that that artwork is done by our own Jessamine County Jeff Easley. Be very easy to find if it was yours or not. You were with them, you said more than twenty years. And that's that's a lot of artwork. I mean, that has to be a bunch of artwork. How did it come about? Did they just walk in your studio and say, okay, Jeff, we need a dragon? Or, or how, what was the cart and what was the horse? Was it you coming up with something out of your mind and them working off of it, or vice versa?
1: Well, they would uh, come up with a schedule of games and novels and so forth. And, uh, well, I worked. I went in-house. I moved to Lake Geneva in 1982 to work. And this is where the, the company was. Mm-hmm. And I would go into work every day, and uh, we would, I would be in there with the, all the other guys, and we'd have a schedule set up for the year. You know, the covers would be obliged to match the a uh, particular product, be it a novel or a game or whatever. And usually, the game or novel was not even written by the time we had to do the cover, mm-hmm. so we would have to work closely with the editor, and they would have some knowledge of the you know where the the story was going so they would give us a three or four art suggestions of potential covers you know and we would do you know sketches or you know thumbnails or drawings or whatever and have one approved and they would kind of check it for the details in case that was not even available to us and uh Oftentimes, we would, like I say, would have to do the, the painting a year or so in advance of the uh, novel even being written or completed.
0: Now, you stayed with them. You said over twenty years. Once
1: that ended, what did you do then? Well, I was basically went freelance uh, about night well, about two thousand one or two thousand two. They actually were sold out to another company, and well, they in Seattle, and they sold out to Hasbro. You now, Hasbro came in and as. Uh, the, typical thing. They kind of cleaned house and decided they didn't need an in-house art department. <laughs> they didn't want to pay the salaries and benefits and so forth. Yeah. So they wanted to have uh, just use freelance artwork. So basically, I was uh, all of a sudden after 20 years, I was freelancing. So, <laughs> and in that case, you pretty much do whatever comes along. You know, it's, uh, it's uh, luckily I had by that time I'd had a little bit of a name for myself so I you know, it was somewhat recognizable in the industry and so forth so Right I, I've been kind of bopping along freelancing ever since so it's worked out
0: It has worked very well and I would dare say there's probably people out here listening that has seen your work and had no clue that it was somebody from here uh, I remember one of the first times I think that I really paid attention to it when I realized that it was somebody from Jessamine County it was a calendar I think it was a Dungeon and Dragons calendar that was put out and somebody drew my attention to it and I think if I'm not mistaken I can even remember my dad making the comment, "Oh, I remember him. He'd come into the art gallery and see me."
1: Well, back when uh back when I was in junior high school and so forth, uh, a number of ladies here in town, including my mom, started the Jessman County Art Guild. Yes. Which included uh, Mrs. Rita Mars and Mrs. Jean McMillan and a number of other people who were, you know, very talented artists. So yes. a monthly meeting and my mom would take me along, you know, so I was kind of a square peg there as <laughs> <laughs> Twelve, thirteen-year-old kid, but uh, yeah, I can remember your your dad. He was—I don't know if he was actually a member of it, but he was always kind of an inspiration, being an actual working artist, you know, locally, you know. That I could—he uh, was probably the first person that I ever made me realize that you know, real people actually uh, made a living doing artwork. Yeah. And
0: it's not an easy one. I mean, the, you have to be very creative and be
1: very committed
0: and be very, very lucky in our situation to to have a household and raise two boys drawing pictures. As you know, the word starving artist sometimes is very true. And uh, uh, that's a very true. Yes, yeah, so you have to get used to it. Well, give us some of the. You're, you're up in Lake Geneva. How long has it been since you lived here in, in Nicholasville?
1: Well, I basically moved out of uh, Nicholasville. Right after college, when I was around 20, mm-hmm. I was, uh, as I mentioned, I was hoping to you know, break into paperbacks, that sort of thing. So I figured I needed to be closer to New York, where all the publishing place. Mm-hmm. So at that time, I moved to Massachusetts and uh, was up there for several years, kind of trying to get my foot in the door. It's not exactly an easy commute to New York City, but I did it a few times. And I had a little bit of luck, but I was basically up there uh, trying to you know, break in when I got the... Opportunity to work for TSR, so I, I was really—I feel like I'm kind of the poster boy for being in the right place at the right time.
0: Yeah, and
1: that was, uh, that, was uh, that was a real stroke of luck there. That was that set me up for the next 20 years. So I can't uh, complain.
0: You grew up here in a in the heyday, as I like to call it, some of the heyday of Nicholasville, and the way things have changed so much. What's some of your some of your favorite memories of this place as a child growing up.
1: Well, when I was, I guess, in the, about the the 5th or 6th grade, they, they went into double sessions, the infamous double sessions. And I was uh, I was on the late shift you know, from the 1 till 7 o'clock. Mm-hmm. I loved that, you know, because I loved to stay up and watch the old late movies so I could do that and sleep late in the morning if I wanted to. <laughs> but I just got my bike, you know, so I, I uh, all of a sudden I was mobile so my some of my best memories are just taking off downtown you know meeting up with some of my friends and just uh hanging around downtown you know ben franklin and uh, which we call the dime store and uh your woods and hemp bills and you know playing baseball up in the parking lot at the christian church and uh, just uh, being out and about you know it's a, it a great time
0: now, your dad is remembered. A lot of our listeners and, and a lot of people who hear our program have been around here for a while, and they remember your dad, and they remember your mom. Give us a word to describe Roger Easley. How would you describe him?
1: Hmm. Uh, very patient, I guess. You know, he was, uh, he was very uh, kind of mild-mannered, you know, but he was, interestingly enough, he was a gunnery sergeant in the Marines, so you don't really associate a... Marine sergeant was being mild mannered, I guess, but he was, uh, you know, kind of quiet and slow to anger and so forth. Mm-hmm. Was, uh, he was a good man. What about your mom, Wilma? Uh, well, she was uh, very supportive. You know, as I said, my, both of my parents were extremely supportive in my artwork. You know, I mean, you hear the opposite from a lot of people on occasion who've come up through the same route as I did, but they were always very supportive and encouraging and anything I needed as far as doing artwork and so forth. And Anytime they would see an art class open up, they would encourage me to you know go into it and take it and so forth. And but they were great parents. I mean, they really were. I couldn't couldn't ask for better parents.
0: Yeah. Well, you know what? We are very proud of the fact that you have done what you've done and uh, been as successful as you have been in that area of art it's very pleasing to me to be able to look at things like that and say you know what he's he's one of us even though you've been up there for quite some time you're still a jessamine county and and you've done you've done well and i think you've represented the easy easily family as your brother has too very well and uh, i'm sure roger and wilma would be uh pretty daggone proud of his of their boys
1: well i think they i think they're very uh, very well. Were so. Any chance of ever coming back? Well, I'd love like to get down there and visit again. It's uh, since my mom passed away. There, there's not a lot to bring me down there as far as family. Yeah. Well, my cousin Pat is still in the moved back to the area. She was, uh, you know, Forest Marie's daughter. Right. She's now Pat Nussbaum. Yes. But she's down there in kind of Nicholasville now. So yeah, I'd like to get back sometime if I can. Uh, you know, my brother's not that far away, so I, I keep meaning to go down and visit him. And if I do, I'll certainly. Make it over to Nicholasville and check out the uh new version. Well, you let us know because we'll probably have to give
0: you a guided tour. You probably won't realize where you are. It has grown so very much since you were here. Yeah, it's true. Well, Jeff, thanks so much for taking this time and talking to us. Give us a little bit more of the history about the Easley family, what you've been up to, and uh, we wish you well. It's always good hearing uh, from you through Facebook and, and even going on, and I have done it. I have gone on and Googled your name just to see some of your artwork, and it's it's amazing to me. It's quite a quite a talent that uh, God has given you. I appreciate it. Thanks so much.
1: All right, thank you. Have a good
0: day. My thanks to Jeff Easley for coming in this morning and telling us all about the Easley family and what they meant to Jessamine County. We appreciate you coming in every Saturday morning and joining us on All Things Jessamine. We do it for you every Saturday morning, sponsored by the Farmers Bank of Jessamine County. We'll be back next Saturday at 11 to do it again. Jess FM 105.9.